before we jump into this episode, I just want to I just want to point out one thing. I never ever thought I'd say this, but Deaf Noodle said something smart. He took a step out of being the stupid idiot that he is, and he took a step into the smart zone. Okay, he said something I was Okay, before we jump into this episode, I have to say this, I have to clarify this, okay? I I work night shifts, right? And this morning when I was getting ready to leave, um I was listening to uh, his recent show talking about Kim Kardashian and uh, all this stuff. And he said something so good about what happened at the Oscars, right? We all know what happened. Like, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Complete dumbass decision he did, right? Excuse my language, but it's just stupid, right? And um, he said, people are calling Will Smith out, myself included, by the way, calling him a maniac, calling him a psycho, saying that he's unhinged, saying that he's got anger issues. He's just crazy, but then he said this. He said when Pete da- uh, when Pete Davidson and Kanye West were beefing, Kanye West was making like a diss track showing Pete Davidson's head cut off, decapitated, and he was holding it. And nobody was calling him unhinged. Nobody was calling him psycho. Nobody was calling Kanye West the shit that they're calling Will Smith. And I don't know why, but it was the most smart analogy that I've ever heard from him. It was genuinely a good analogy. And I just wanted to give him credit because... I, I think he's an absolute moron and I think he's an idiot, but he brought such a great analogy to that. And I just wanted to give my two cents and say, why isn't, why aren't people calling Kanye West out for, you know, making a music video showing Pete, David's, uh, Pete Davidson's head decapitated and stuff? They're not calling him out. They're not calling him crazy. They're not calling him a maniac. They're not calling him anything. They don't call him anything, right? It's just another video. But Will Smith goes on stage, smacks y'all, smacks a. Uh, well, uh, whatever his name is, um, Chris Rock across the face, sits down, yells at him twice, and then moves on. No, oh, it's just the end of the world. Russia just launched a nuke. It's the end of the world. Will Smith just smacked him. Fuck him. That's basically what they were saying. It's just a good analogy I want to bring up uh, based off the last episode that I filmed. Anyways, welcome back to the Lonesome Podcast, right? Uh, I am your host today, Matt Palmer, and I am just gleefully excited so much to the point where I jumped out of my window and commit suicide with the amount of excitement I have right now that you are here today joining me on this podcast episode, listening to me and uh, taking your time to listen to this podcast. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. Now let's get into this, right? I want to start off by telling a small little kind of thing that happened to me this morning, right? After I leave work for my night shifts, I take the transit home. And uh, on the transit today, I looked up at the sky, right? It was a little bit overcast. Bipolar weather, right? Utah. We all know it is. Southern Utah, especially. Um, it was a little It was a little bit overcast today. So I was like, oh, for God's sake, like, can we get some sunlight? You know? And I looked up at the sky and there's just clouds, 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 right? And I thought to myself, I said, man, why doesn't God, like, it would be so cool if he just split a line across the sky and separated the clouds so the sunlight can perfectly hit down and and just give us sunlight. That would be nice. And I thought about this. I said to myself, I was like, I wonder why God, like, does he, – he could easily just do that, right? He, he could just, like, in the split second just part the clouds. You guys ever seen the movie Eternals? Remember when that uh that one e- – etern- or whatever – that one celestial, I can't remember his name, freaking uh, – he, he came to pick up Cersei and the other dudes, right? He split the sky like that. I picture it like that. Like, why couldn't God do that? You know, he could. He dang well could. Um, but he doesn't. 
And I thought about this for a minute and something about it hit me. And I knew that Jesus was kind of like in my thoughts at that moment because he, he gave me somewhat of a revelation that I want to talk about and correlate this with the rapture too. So bear with me, right? Um, I thought about this. God's timing, right? When God, okay, so let's picture it like this. God is connected to every single life. Everything that is living and everything that is dead is connected to him, right? The only things that are not connected to him is that which is outside of his presence. In the Mormon church, they call it outer darkness. In modern day Christianity, they call it Hades, hell, Sheol, or the grave, right? That's the biblical perspective. I think the real word is like Sheol, but other than that, everything in the universe, everything in our solar system, and everything on our planet is connected to God, right? If you guys have, uh, if you guys have um, read the book of Job, remember when Job kind of got in that little bit of an argument with God and God practically told him off? He was like, look, you think that you're all this, that, and the other thing. Like, where were you when I set the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I was creating the stars? Where were you when I was doing all this, right? Like, humble yourself, kid. Like, this is, this. you're being, you're getting full of yourself, you know? Um, a lot of it brings in the, it brings out the portion of Genesis too about how God has connection to the planets, right? I want to go in depth about this too. And before we explain like the rapture part of this too, when we see God's timing when it comes to life, and the universe, it's perfect in the sense of it's patient, right? So instead of God just in, in two seconds splitting the sky open to make sunlight, he takes his precious time. I, I, it just it, Something about it confuses me in the most amazing way. It's like God is a God who has the power to annihilate entire galaxies. It, he could do it in, in a single minute. Not even a minute. You can do it in, in, in with no time. He's not affected by time, space, or matter. He can kill. He can. He can destroy anything. He can create anything. I mean, he created the Big Bang for crying out loud, right? So I was like, he can do that, but why can't he just split the sky within a second? You know, and it hit me. It hit me. I was like, because God is patient. If you're a God of love, you gotta. You know, you own up to that. There's a reason why he's the God of love. He's, he's God, he's the all, he's the only God, but he's the God of love too, right? And part of that love is patience. Patience is something that we rarely find nowadays. It's very rare. And I found it today when I was thinking about this, you know, instead of God splitting the sky up to make some sunlight for the ground, right? Like within two seconds, he takes his time letting the clouds move and helping the clouds dissipate and helping the clouds split apart, you know? A flower in a garden, he doesn't tell the flower, hey, hurry up and like sprout already. Like somebody's got to come pick you up and, you know, do whatever. No, he makes that flower because it is life. He makes that flower take its time, you know, growing, takes it, takes its time. Yeah, just growing and sprouting and stuff like that, right? He doesn't tell, tell a flower, hey, hurry up, you're ugly. No, he says, take your time and move at your own pace, move at God's pace, right? Take your time. That's the whole thing. Be patient. In the Bible, one of the greatest freaking things that God has commanded us to do is to be patient. 
be still and wait for him, right? Be patient and wait for an answer from him. When you pray, usually you're not going to get an answer within the first five seconds. I wish I could, but you know what? That's not how you do it. Because if that was the case, then our civilization would be a type three civilization for crying out loud. But we're not there yet, right? And only that, this life is temporary too, so everything has to be temporary. Um, but God's timing is, is so patient. God's timing is very, very loving. It's patient. When you hear the term, God's timing is perfect, right? You usually think to yourself, okay, so if God's timing is perfect, then everything's just going to fall into place. Okay, you're right about that, yes, but you got to look at it from another perspective. Yes, God's timing is perfect. However, it's also patient, right? In a world where everybody's trying to go faster, where technology is supposed to speed things up, not a lot of patience is found. Nature takes its time. Mankind rushes itself and brings nature up with it. And that's not a good mix, right? But God, on the other hand, he does both. He takes time, but he doesn't abstain from, you know, give. he, he doesn't hold you back from no good thing. He gives you good things, right? And he doesn't hold you back from them. But he is disciplinary and he has us be patient, right? One of the greatest quotes I think I will ever read is even God's no, like when God tells you no, has thousands of good on it, right? Like everything, like when God says no, it's always, always an indictment to a bigger yes, right? I mean, it, it is. Like imagine yourself in the, in the desert, right? And you find a little puddle, you know, and God says, don't, don't drink out of that. Like, I know you're thirsty, but don't drink out of that. I got something better for you. And you're just like, ugh, forget it, man. I'm so thirsty. Nothing. There, there's not going to be any water around here forever, right? You drink out of it. Next thing you know, that sucks, right? But if you continued going, if you, con if you continued walking and stuff like that, right? God would have given you an entire freaking tropical lake in the middle of the desert. You know, it's all about being patient. It's all about trusting God's timing. It's all about being patient in the eyes of the Lord and following his plan and his timing, right? It might not come today, might not come tomorrow, but it will come eventually. And that's what I'm going to talk about with the rapture too, right? Um, in 2020, I did heavy, heavy research about the rapture. For those of you, I, I'm not going to get too far into this, right? But I, uh, if you're a new listener here, welcome to the podcast. And if you did not know this already, if you do listen to my episodes, um, well, this is just the first time, don't take offense to this or whatever, but I am an ex LDS member. I'm not saying I don't believe in God just because I left the church. It's just God took me out of the church to bring me closer to him. There's some people that get closer to God in the church and some that don't. Uh, I mean, personally, I got closer when I got out, um, the entire time. I was in the LDS Mormon church. Uh, I was I was thinking that I was saved based off of works-based salvation, right? Um, let me tell you something. You're not going to heaven if you try, think that you're just working your way to heaven. The amount of times I've heard family members tell me, oh, I'm a good person. You know, I, I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. So therefore, I'm going to heaven. I mean, it, it kind of hurts me because it's like, well, you know, you could do a hundred million good things over the course of 20 years and that one you know that wouldn't even amount close to anything to get you into heaven right broad and wide is the road to destruction hell sheol the grave but small and narrow is the door or is the gate to heaven 
And Jesus said, make every effort to enter it because few will find it, right? Very few will find it, but many will follow the gate to destruction. And we see that in modern day. A lot of people will, right? Maybe not you because you believe and trust in God, but there's not a lot of people who do trust in God like we, like me and you, right? Um, but the thing is I'm trying to get back at too is in 2020, uh, when I really started getting in with God early 2020, I got saved, right? I officially got saved. Um, I, I was finally accepting Jesus as uh, what he did on the cross. I accepted the gift of eternal life. I stopped believing in what the Mormon church taught me. It's, you know, they teach a, a workspace salvation, you know, do all this to get to the celestial kingdom. Let me tell you something. There's only one fucking kingdom and it's called the kingdom of God. You don't need to set like the Mormon church makes it a competition to get to heaven, you know, and they treat women like shit, you know? Oh, in heaven, women's only, only job is to procreate and, you know, please their husbands alongside countless other women who do the same thing. You know, no heaven is going to be a place where men, women, children, and especially animals too are going to be in perfect harmony with God and are going to enjoy eternal life, not sit here and worship other other husbands. No, forget that, okay? Read your Bible. Stop reading your Book of Mormon. Stop idolizing that. Read your Bible. And if you want to argue with me, you can, but I'm just telling you, read your fucking Bible, okay? Pardon my language. So the reason why I say read your Bible too is because you'll understand a lot what I'm about to talk about. When I was saved in 2020... I thought that the rapture was going to happen in 2020, and I think a lot of people did. They were like, yo, COVID, man, and, and, and in January of 2020, like, Iraq and Ira- uh, or Iran and uh, America were going back and forth with each other, you know, and we're all like, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars and, you know, earthquakes in, in various places and all this stuff. You know, there was, there was a lot of signs showing that the rapture was going to come and that the tribulation was just around the corner right? Well, 2020 passed and not a damn thing happened. Then 2022 came or 2021 came. Sorry, excuse me. 2021 came, right? During 2021, it was kind of just a little bit off of the the COVID, right? Everybody was beginning to get sick and tired of it, right? And a lot of people were beginning to get saved too. It was a good year for people to get saved. In fact, before I continue on to 2022, and you'll see why in a minute, I saw a comment in 2020 that bugged me so much but now being 2022 it makes sense somebody i don't know if you guys can hear that somebody's car is going off right now but uh i was watching the video about the rapture in 2020 because i did do heavy research about this somebody in the comment section of this video said i don't think that the rapture will happen in 2020 i think that 2021 the entire year will be a year where um God is going to save a lot of people. It's going to be the year of revival. And it's going to be the last year that God really puts, a, you know, get, gets a lot of people saved. And then he said, I guarantee that the rapture will happen in 2022 after spending an entire year of saving people, right? God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants everybody to go to heaven. It doesn't matter if you're Jeffrey Epstein or if you're somebody who just stole a Snickers bar in fucking Walmart, okay? He wants you to go to heaven. Now, granted, Jeffrey Epstein's a piece of shit and he probably should burn in hell just like Hitler, but I'm just saying God loves everybody no matter how much humans hate them, 
You know, he's a loving God for a reason and his ways are higher than us. He thinks differently than us. He is differently than us. He's higher than us in every way, shape and form. Right. And it's not our it's not our right to sit here and judge God at all. So my point being. My point being, I saw this comment and I was like, remember, this is in 2020 when I saw this. I was like, are you kidding me? 2022? Dude, that is so far away. Like, what is two years from now, right? We're in 2022, 20, 23, 24, right? T 2024, yeah, it's, a, it's an adequate amount of time away, but it still feels close, right? Um, it's closer than 2025, <laughs> you know? So I, uh, you know, I've... I thought about that for a long time and I was like, wait, it kind of makes sense though. 2021, I'm like laying in bed filming this, 2021 being the year that, uh, the, the year of revival, being the year that people get saved, being the year that God brings out, you know, he, he stops going to the freaking synagogues and, you know, saving people who uh, are already part of his church. And he goes to people like me, like people who used to be drugs, uh, drug addicts, people who used to be sex addicts, people who used to, you know, suffer from abuse, people who suffer from porn addictions, heroin addictions, um, all this stuff. I mean, a life of criminal, a, a criminal life, right? And he would save those people, people who were complete and utter losers like myself, right? When Jesus came to earth, he didn't go and sit with the kings and the thrones and stuff. No, he went and sat with the losers, not trying to call Peter or, any, or Peter, David or any of those guys a loser, Matthew, Mark, James, Luke, or, you know, John. I'm just saying he didn't go and sit down with the highest of the highs, right? Because if he did, he'd be sitting down with the devil, um, you know what I mean? And uh no, he went and go he went and taught and preached and befriended complete nobodies. But in his eyes they were somebodies, just like you and me. Right? While everybody here on earth is, you know, the, we we idolize popular kids in high school, money and, you know, actors and stuff and all that. God he 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 doesn't idolize us, but he loves us. While we sit here and love our freaking celebrities and completely idolize them, right? God loves us. He chooses us, right? And we should choose God. So what I was thinking about today to get back on track with the whole patience and timing of God thing, right? God, his timing is perfect. But I think that everybody at one point in their life can testify that there's been a point where God has made them wait a longer amount of time than they anticipated, right? And I think that's what it is with the rapture too. I think that the rapture, if it's to happen in 2022. So before I say this, because I do, I do think it'll happen in 2022. And if it doesn't, then it'll happen. It'll happen sometime in the future. It's not my right to sit here and propose, you know, oh, it is going to happen on the state. No, 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 no. Right. I want to give you an analogy real quick. Okay. And then we'll get back onto the patience thing because it correlates right into this. Um, the fig tree generation. For those of you who don't read your Book of Mormon and read your actual Bible, you'll know exactly what that is, right? Um, the Bible says, the generation that sees Israel become a nation shall not pass. The fig tree generation, right? Just like uh, a, a tree bears its fruits, you know that spring is near, right? Or however the statement goes. Um, Israel became a nation, 
I believe it was the year 1948. It was it was one of the three. It, it was 1948, but there's like different different corollaries about it. It was like okay, but they were admitted in 1949. They you know had talks about it in 1947. It's like 1948. Okay, generation in the Bible is 70 to 80 years, right? Israel became a nation. 1948. Do you know how long ago that was? That was 72, 73 years ago. There on May 14th, 1948, did Israel officially become a nation again, right? 70 something years ago. On May 14th, 2022, will be the last seven years before the generation, the biblical generation, finally ends and is complete. So, the last seven years of mankind before Jesus comes back, the second coming, is the great tribulation. It's the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, God's wrath, right? The pearl judgments. Or not, I keep saying the pearl judgments. Why do I say that? Sorry, this I keep saying pearl. What, what is a pearl? Like, what are you saying, Matt? The seal judgments, not the pearl judgments. I'm an idiot. The seal judgments. The bull slash vile judgments. The trumpet judgments, right? The seven-year tribulation is the last seven years before Jesus Christ himself descends and touched down on the Mount of Olives and establishes his kingdom for a thousand years. If Jesus comes back and establishes the thousand years in the year 2030, that thousand years is going to end in the year freaking, what was it, 3030? It's going to be a long time. No, it'll be 2130. No, that's a hundred years. You're looking at a thousand thousand being like 3030. You know what a thousand years ago was? It, it, we're sitting here in the year 2022. A thousand years ago was the year 1022. It was a long time ago, right? Long time ago. So can't imagine the av- advancements in humanity that we're going to make, you know, space travel, all this stuff. But my point being, I believe that the rapture could happen on or before May 14th, 2022. And I know that it most likely might not happen before or on May 14th, 2022. And that's why I like to think about God's patience. God might delay that rapture for a certain amount of time, right? He might make it happen towards December instead of May, right? God doesn't want a single freaking person to go to hell. He doesn't want a single freaking person to not believe in him. He doesn't want anybody, even if you're a Satanist and you're worshiping the biggest loser on the freaking universe, right? He still doesn't want you to go to hell. God himself, like Jesus, he said himself, he said, it is better for a person to enter into heaven with one, like with one eye than it is to enter hell with two eyes, right? And it's, it applies with the same principle of like, it's better to enter into heaven with one leg rather than enter into hell with two legs, right? I mean, seriously, like that's how bad hell is. And he doesn't want you to go there, not just because it's bad, but because he wants a relationship and he wants to love and cherish and and, and completely, I mean, bless you. Because in heaven, there is going to be no, oh, we got to wait a hundred years just to get that. No, 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 no. You're with God. You get everything you want. Yes, but things are going to be better. Things are going to be great. Things are going to be awesome. It's going to be lovely right? That's my point. 
but I think that God is going to delay the rapture a little bit if he hasn't already, right? Excuse me. If he hasn't already, just to make sure that people can be saved. Now, after the rapture, right? I was talking to my friend Rachel about this today. After the rapture, there is going to be a ton of people that are going to be saved, right? Well, Matthew, it's just they're going to be dying left and right because it's the tribulation. Yes, you're right. There's going to be a ton of people dying. I understand that. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to die, right? It straight up says in in, in Revelations, a third of humanity is going to be killed by uh, the, what was it? The angels in the Euphrates River that are going to lead the army. Like they they kill a third of, like like half of humanity. It's like crazy. Um, my point being that, right? Can you imagine the military fighting off angels? That'll be so, holy crap. That'll be a spectacle, right? Or demons. It's like Doom. You guys ever played the, the, the video game Doom? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine that? Anyways, Doom Slayer versus Satan. That'll be so cool. Anyways, my point being, um, a lot of people are going to get saved during the tribulation, right? They're called tribulation saints, you know? And I know that there's going to be somebody who's going to listen to this podcast and say, Matthew, the rapture is going to happen in the middle of the tribulation. There might even be some idiots out there that are going to say, Matthew, the rapture is going to happen at the end of the tribulation. First off, if you believe the rapture is going to happen at the end of the tribulation, I want you to get off my podcast right now. I, I don't even want to hear you. I, I, don't, I don't want you to listen to anything else I'm going to say. That is the most stupidest thought ever. Why would God put his bride through the entire tribulation? Nobody answers this when they think that. They never do. They never do. Why would God? Because we make, we the church, we Christianities, we, we Christian, right? We Christians, all of us who believe in Jesus, we make up the bride of Christ. Why in hell would Jesus, would God put, put his bride through the, through the friggin' tribulation. They never answer it. They sit there and make, well, it's it's this, uh, he wants us to be strong. It's like, no, the tribulation is God's wrath. It's not making us stronger by him pouring out his wrath. Jesus took the wrath on the cross for us. He didn't, he didn't say it is finished and then you got to go through the tribulation. No, he said it is finished, period, right? And then he passed. It is finished, you know? So back on track. Rapture, and then the seven-year tribulation, right? Just as much as God's timing, as God's patience is with us, right? How he blesses us, how he takes care of us, how he makes us be patient and carries us slowly through the waters, right? I think that the same thing, this is sinister as hell. I think the same thing is going to happen in the tribulation, I think God's going to take his sweet, precious, excuse my language, he's going to take his sweet, precious motherfucking time pouring out his wrath on the sinners of this planet, on the wicked, on the satanic, on the evil, right? I think he's going to take his sweet freaking time, you know? Just as much as God takes his time letting a flower grow, he's going to take his time, you know, pouring out his wrath during the trumpet judgments and the bull judgments and uh, the seal judgments, right? He's going to take his freaking time. And that's just that. Now, don't get, don't get me wrong. Just because he's going to take his time, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be harsh. It is going to be harsh, right? Go read Revelations and just come back to me and, and, and it'll, you'll see, man. 
just how horrifying of a time period this seven years is going to be. In fact, if you do read your Revelations, you'll see this. Jesus said, had the days not been shortened to seven years, not a single human being would have would have survived the tribulation. Not a single person would have survived. That should tell you a lot. Seven years? Anything above that? Nobody was, would have survived? Holy crap. Right? So I think that God's timing and his judgment, it's amazing. It is so cool to listen and watch and study. Right? We don't know the ways of God. We don't know the ways that he, you know, we look at a tornado and we say God moves in mysterious ways. Yes, we understand that. But his timing is also mysterious. It's mysterious because in a way it's understandable, but we also don't understand why a God who has the power to, you know, do anything takes his precious time, takes so much time. You know, he, ta- he it, it's almost admirable and I love it. I love watching the clouds go by and saying, wow, I can't believe that God like is in those clouds in a way and he's just taking his time going across the sky, right? Like that is so ironic. The God who has the power to make tornadoes go up to, I mean, let's just forget the tornadoes topic. Let's just point out Jupiter, the planet Jupiter, right? The winds on Jupiter, I mean, they go up to thousands of miles per hour. They're, they're fucking nuts, man. Pardon my French. They're nuts, right? But on Earth, he takes his time. You know, on Jupiter, he makes the winds blow at chaotic speeds. Right? But on Earth, he makes everything go in scenic fashion. You know, the clouds come and go slowly. A flower will grow slowly. Right? Modern day life goes on every single second. And in every single second, is a certain amount of time there. Every minute is just 60 seconds. Right? On Earth, 60 seconds, you can get, you know, you get an adequate amount of stuff done in a single minute. On Jupiter, 60 seconds. Man, if you were put on Jupiter in 60 seconds, within the first five seconds, your body would be torn apart with the wind, okay? Like, God has such a beautiful and unique way of time, timing, right? Here's how to prove that God exists, too, with time, you know? When atheists would ask people, they'd say, and this is a perfect way to put it, right? Well, how do you know that God exists? How can, you can't prove that he exists. You, you physically can't prove it. How can you prove something that doesn't exist? Here's how you reply to that, and here's how you implement time into this, right? When the universe, or, uh, yeah, when the universe began, when the Big Bang happened, there were four main elements, and one of them is irrelevant, but I'm going to say it anyways. Time, space, matter, and gravity, right? Gravity is the irrelevant one, okay? Any, any object that has enough mass has gravity. I think even our own bodies can contain a certain amount of gravity. Granted, we can't like lift it. We can't be like Superman, you know, put our fist on the ground and like a bunch of rocks circle as like a world engine. No, 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 no. But other than that, time, space, and matter, right? God is outside of the universe, you know? He is not affected by time because he's eternal. He's not affected by space because he can go anywhere. He's omnipresent, both in and out of the universe, as vast as it is, 
and he's not affected by matter, right? And that should just explain that part there. You know, it kind of fits space too, right? Look at Genesis. In the beginning, time, God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. So when atheists, Satanists, maybe not Satanists, but atheists, they sit here and say, how can you prove God, man? How can you prove God? How can you prove something that doesn't exist? It's like sometimes you don't even need to prove that he exists. You just need to pay attention, right? In order to understand something, sometimes you have to take away your own understanding and look at it from another perspective, right? You know? While you're sitting here saying 2 plus 2 equals 6, the real answer is 2 plus 2 equals 4. But you don't want to believe it equals 4 because you don't want to take the time to look at it. You just want to believe what you want to believe and you want to argue and bicker with people because it makes you feel good, right? Yeah, that's just what you believe. That's fine. Two plus two equals six, apparently. God forbid. But my point being, in the beginning, God, right? That's time. In the beginning, time. God created the heavens, space, and the earth. Matter. Time, space, and matter. A part of that matter, well, actually, a part of all, no, not all three. I was going to say all three, but gravity doesn't affect time. Maybe it does. I don't know. I don't think in astrophysics they don't do that. Maybe it does. But gravity primarily correlates to matter and space. It correlates to matter because, you know, the Earth has the moon that revolves around it. The Earth and the moon revolve around the sun. The sun revolves around the Milky Way. The Milky Way revolves around the Cleiota Cluster, right? And the cluster, whatever that thing is, I can't remember what it's called, the Aorta Cluster, revolves around a supercluster and that around whatever is beyond that and then the universe, right? And then outside of the universe is probably another domain where God is, right? You could consider that heaven. You can consider that the celestial kingdom. You can consider that whatever you want to consider. But at the end of the day, God will eventually make his kingdom on this planet, right? You don't even, you know, you don't even have to consider that God is outside of the universe, you know? Maybe the universe is just the universe and there's nothing outside of it because there is nothing outside of it. There's there's literally, it's just the universe, right? It's not a bubble and then there's something outside of it. No, it's just an infinite void of space with a continuous amount of creation since the Big Bang, right? That's my point. Um, and with time, right? God took his time creating the earth. You know, instead of sitting here and merging the two, you really just have to recognize it in the terms of of biblical perspective and mix it with science, or not mix it, but like um, understand it in the terms of scientific astronomy value, right? When God created the planets. In fact, let's backtrack a little bit. Even in the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price, they explain this, like... Um, God has created worlds without end, right? Through the power of Jesus, he's, he's created worlds without end, you know, worlds without number for his own purpose. And he even said, I can't remember for the life of me, this, this act, this genuinely drives me nuts to the fact that I can't remember to this day what this guy's name was in, in, in this chapter. But I think it was like, it, it was Moroni, not Moroni. It was like, I can't believe I can't remember his damn name. It's driving me nuts. This one guy. 
He met with God on a mountain. He's, it's in the Book of Mormon, right? I know, I know, I know. I say don't read your Book of Mormon, but this is the one part that I always take into accountability. And God met with this guy on the mountain face to face, and he said, there are many earths that stand today, and there are many that have passed away in my, in my name, you know? And I've created them for my own purpose and my own purpose only, right? God's timing on other planets it's just as unique as it is on our planet. I guarantee that alien civilizations out there have had their own time period where God has taken his time with them too, just as much as he takes his time with us, right? In a world where technology is trying to speed things up, God is trying to go at a perfect pace, right? Recently, scientists have figured out that there are there are unnormally abnormally high temperatures in that antarctica right and people you know we we know it's because of global warming it's because of climate change it happens right but it's our fault do you really think god would just burn up the planet so the ice caps can melt right no i don't think he would he'd take his time you know and i think that's what he's gonna do during the thousand years that's another thing i want to talk about real quick the thousand-year reign of Christ. The thousand years, right? This is such a... This is just such an interesting topic, man. When people read the thousand years... I'm like stretching. When people read the thousand years, like talk about it, there's nothing really that is talked about it. Like in the Bible. I mean, it's just it's just considered Satan will be... He will be... Locked up in the boundless pit. He won't have any power to deceive the nations. He won't have any power to tempt anybody to sin, right? And it says that God will, or Jesus, same thing. He will establish his kingdom on the planet. For a thousand years, we will reign with him, and he will reign as, as our Lord and Savior on this planet, right? He will establish his government, establish his kingdom in a way, right? But it doesn't talk about a whole lot of what we'll do. A thousand years is a long time in human perspective. Now, don't get me wrong. A thousand years in God's eyes is one day, right? So a thousand years for us, man, that's a long freaking time, right? We had two world wars. We had a declaration of independence. We had everything that happened like since the year. I mean, we've had, we went from Vikings fighting each other in the, you know, in the Minnesota mountains all the way to us figuring out that we're about to go travel to Mars, right? Over the course of a thousand years, right? I mean, after the tribulation, it's the earth. This is my point, right? Before the thousand years, after the tribulation, I think the earth is going to be in a very, very different state of, of where it is now. You got to understand that during the Great Tribulation, I mean, an asteroid's supposed to hit the earth. Um, I have a prediction that Yellowstone might erupt. I mean, God is going to, there's going to be locusts that have sweeped the nations, I mean, for five months. It's going to be a very, very different place. Armageddon probably have nuclear war. It's going to be a very, very, very hostile environment. So much so, I would go as far to say it's probably going to be hell on earth, right? Well, when Jesus comes back and the wicked is slain, the wicked is gone, right? The Antichrist and the, the false prophet thrown in the lake of fire, 
I think that God is going to, I think he's going to take his precious time rebuilding the planet. Because, you know, a thousand years, we got time, right? It would be nice for him to take his time rebuilding the planet. Take his time repopulating the planet. Rebuilding. Getting rid of all the ash. Getting rid of all the smoke. And rebuilding the planet into what was formerly the Garden of Eden. But make it, you know, what it should have been. You know, I don't. I, I look back at like Genesis and I see the Garden of Eden and I'm like, man, look at like the Garden of Eden and compare it to modern day, like modern day hum- humanity, right? Like we have cars, we have trains, we have planes, we have hypersonic weapons, we have technologies that if you showed like John, Luke, Matthew, all these people in the Bible, if you were to show them your smartphone, they'd look at they'd look at you like you're nuts. They'd say like, wow, this is so interesting. Like, where'd you get this? You're like, well, I'm from the future. And this is just like another thing that we carry in our pockets. They're like, what? You could you could search everything on this. Do you have data? And it's like, no, there's no radio towers yet. And you still got to wait a couple thousand years, right? You know, but the, my point being, we have so much advancements since the Garden of Eden. Yes, Satan has fucked this world up more than we can imagine. This is a fallen world. It's a fractured world. It's a world that has been tempted by Satan. It's a world that's been deceived, destroyed by Satan. It's a world that has been turned away from God and Jesus came down and saved it. But people still don't believe in him because they're deceived by by the devil, right? Um... But there's a lot of good that's happened. Jesus is still in control. No matter how much control Satan has over this planet, he's still limited, extremely limited. He's finite, more than a human being's mind is. That's a pretty, that's a dig right there. It should say a lot to you, Satan, that's listening to this podcast right now. The guy that you're worshiping, his mind is more finite than the human mind. That should, should say a lot, Okay. I mean, rethink your decisions, right? Um, that's my point, you know? We've had a lot of advancements because of God. He's always had his foot on the pedal pushing it, right? It wasn't until the 19, like, oh man, we, we like just 50 to 100 years ago, we were still with horse and buggy, and then all of a sudden, everything just boom, booyah, just everything blew up. We got technology, we got internet, Wi-Fi, hypersonic things, you know, like, I mean, we got, we got data that can be sent to, you know, the planet Pluto within faster than the speed of light. I mean, we got, we got things that are equivalent to heaven, right? We're not sitting here writing with pen and ink, you know, we're going to be using holograms. We got stuff to do. And it's all because of God's timing. It might have taken thousands of years, but we're getting somewhere. And it makes me so curious about where we can get in a thousand years with Jesus on the planet. For those of you who really want to go down the rabbit hole, I want to tell you something so fucking cool. Excuse excuse my language, but this is so, so cool to think about. Okay. When I read my Bible, the first thing that I always recognize about Jesus is how bloody smart he is. 
Like, and I know it's cliche. It's like, oh, you're just, you're just sucking him off because you like, you know, you love Jesus. No, no, no. I'm saying really pay attention to Jesus. He's effing smart. Okay. Like he's really, really, really smart. It, it looks really awesome. Like, um, the lesson that I've talked about before on the, on this podcast where I said, when you go to a, when you go to a meal, right? Like a big buffet or something like a banquet, don't sit at the head of the table, go sit at the foot of the table, humble yourself. So then somebody can come and get you and say, Hey, you know, we got a seat up here for you. Come follow me. Right? Like when he taught that lesson, I never would have thought about that. I never did. And it was like the most amazing thing. It was like, what the heck? How did he think of that? Oh, yeah, he's he's the son of God. You know, imagine this, right? Jesus was alive for 30 years and he gave us enough information to last us the rest of our lifetimes. Imagine, imagine how much we can learn from him over the span of a thousand years. Isn't that just crazy to think about? We learned so effing much from Jesus in 30 years of his life. He was only alive for 30-something years, right? Imagine, imagine how much more we can learn over the course of a thousand years of being with him. I, I seriously, you know, he doesn't teach a whole lot about astronomy in the Bible. I guarantee you that when, during the thousand years, astronomy is going to be one of the main things he's going to teach humanity about, right? Alien civilizations, planets beyond our solar system, black holes, um, pulsars, right? Supernovae. I mean, all this stuff, I guarantee you he'll do that and much, much more. It is so freaking cool to think about because I know that's probably what he's going to do, right? Um, yeah, that's just it, right? So I just wanted to talk about that and really want to point that out. I think it's the coolest thing ever. God's patience is above all. It's above ours and it's perfect. When I looked at the clouds today and I said, man, why doesn't God just part these clouds? You know, it came to my thought that, you know what? He doesn't need to. And the reason being is because he'll do it. He'll do it over time. He takes his time with the clouds. He takes his time with flowers growing. He takes his time letting the wind blow. He takes his time letting the ocean, you know, go left to right across the seas, right? He takes his time and he allows life to take its time. He doesn't rush things. And that's what we must figure out every single day of our lives, right? Do not boast about tomorrow because you never know what tomorrow may hold, saith the Lord, right? In the Bible, don't boast about tomorrow. You never know what it will hold, you know? Be patient. One of, well, not one of, the biggest thing that we should do in life is try to become more like Jesus. Whether you're a guy or a girl, you should become like Jesus. And the reason being is because he is the perfect role model that God has given us. He is the perfect teacher. He is the perfect brother. He is the perfect um, rabbi. He's the perfect teacher, honestly, right? When we learn from Jesus, we learn how to become perfect like him, right? Now, granted, we're not perfect. We never will be until we're resurrected and we we learn to be in unison with the Father, but... At the end of the day, we still have time to practice on earth. This earth is such a temporary time period. You know, the universe has only existed for 14.7 billion years. And I've only been alive for 20 of those years, right? 
but in the grand scheme of things, 14.7 billion years is, is not even a grain of salt compared to eternity, you know? And in, an eternity is not even comparable to an eternity of eternities, right? Like, we have so much to look forward to. Why waste all of our, our faith? Why waste our patience? Why waste our 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 love, our sympathies, our care, our especially our faith in God, why waste it on this life, right? When people say this life is temporary, they're saying it in the terms of look at what happens after this life, you know? Look what happens after this life. Eternity. When God creates the new heavens and the new earth, eternity. There, there won't be another fall. There won't be another, you know, Satan tempting Adam and Eve. No, there won't be another one of those ever again. You know, this life is temporary and it's a virtue to be patient. It's a blessing to be patient in a way because in a world that's trying to make things faster, we rarely find time to be slow and be patient and enjoy the moment. That is why they say, love your loved ones now because one day you're not going to be able to. What I really think about that is the fact that one day you might be in heaven sitting on a bench admiring the beauty of heaven while somebody's in hell completely in agony begging God to let them out, knowing very well that they are never going to be let out, no matter a thousand years or a billion, right? And that person could very well be your mother, it could be your father, it could be your brother, your 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 boyfriend, it could be your sister, it could be anybody, right? Patience is a virtue. It's so true, you know? Let's not force things, let's not rush things. Because when we look up at the sky and we see the clouds moving, we got to remind ourselves that God is in charge of those clouds. And he's not saying to those clouds, okay, get a move on, hurry up. He's saying, go across the sky and take your time. And the clouds take their damn time, right? I love, I, I, I've, I've loved filming this episode, talking about this. Because it truly, truly truly shows how beautiful God's ways are, right? God's ways are much more than just, okay, he's a loving God and he just wants to make us happy. God's ways are are so unique, right? While we we as human beings who are who are broken, who are fractured, who are sinners, who are rebellious against God, we sit here and try to speed up God takes his time because he knows that's perfect timing. When the rapture happens, whether it happens in five minutes from now or five years from now, it will be on the perfect time, right? I, I said this to my friend Rachel too. I said, it's it probably sucks for Jesus right now because for the ever since he passed away and then got resurrected, you know, he's been in heaven probably waiting for the green light from the heavenly father to go back to earth, you know? Um, I can't imagine how excited Jesus will be when, when God puts his hands on his shoulders and said, son, it's time, go get him. Like seriously, run, get him. Like that, that, that'll be exciting, you know? So I look forward to seeing Jesus. 
but I also look forward to being patient and doing whatever he asked me to do, right? If you don't do the will of God, you're not getting into heaven. The will of God is to believe and have faith in the Son, right? God sent Jesus to this planet to serve people, to, to teach others about God, right? Jesus came to earth. He didn't say, because I'm the literal son of God, everybody, you need to make me your king. You need to serve me. You need to get me water, wine, grapes, everything, and just spoon feed me. No, he came to this earth and, and, and served others. He helped others, right? He cured a blind man. He helped people with horrific diseases that to this day we still have struggle curing. He didn't come to this earth and say, okay, you had sex before marriage? Fuck you, you're going to hell. No, he went to that woman who committed adultery and he said, look at me. I forgive you. Now go and sin no more. He didn't say you're going to hell because of what you did. He didn't condemn her. He told the people off who were condemning her. And then she, he said to her, look, you're okay. Just go and sin no more. You're going you're gonna to fall a hundred thousand times. But as the old saying goes, this is one of my favorite freaking quotes in the Bible, right? A righteous man will fall seven times, but get back up. But the wicked man will stumble every time he falls, right? To conclude this podcast episode, I just want you to take into account and take into consideration everything I talked about when it comes to God's timing. And I ask that you pray to him about it. And recognize in small ways in your life where God is working in patience in your life, right? Good things take time. So next time you're wanting something to speed up, even if it's just you being at work, just enjoy the moment, take the time, and be patient. Learn to be just like Jesus. Because one of his greatest attributes and one of the greatest ones that I love about God the Father especially, one one thing that I just I absolutely love about God the Father is, is just how, how much his, his, his patience shows. And we just gloss over it. You know? So with that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of The Lonesome Podcast. I genuinely enjoyed filming this. And I hope that you genuinely enjoyed listening. If you'd like to get in contact with me to give me your feedback, criticism, or whatever the hell you want to give me, um, anything good, anything bad, my Instagram is Matthew Palmer with two T's and two R's. And my Snapchat is LonesomeMatt1. Uh, that's the best way to get in contact with me. I don't care who you are. If you, you're a friend, stranger, somebody at work, I don't give a damn. You go ahead and tell me what you thought about this episode. I would love to hear it. Love to hear your feedback. Again, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lonesome Podcast. I have been your humble host, uh, Lightning McQueen, and I will see you on the next episode. We're getting ready for season four. I can't believe how much we are into this, all right? But we'll be ready for it, and I'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.